1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit, City of Champions. All right, there it is with the crack of the bat. We are off and running. It is in Detroit, City of Champions. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Charles Avison. And uh, we're diving deep into the 1935 City of Champions season. It's, uh, it's a trilogy of books. It's a screenplay to be a movie on Netflix before you know it. It's the greatest uh, season in the history of American sports. It is, uh, it is absolutely without doubt, man. So, Charles, we are, we we've been tigers, we've been lions, and and now we're like deep into the Red Wings. And uh, I thought we were still in December, and you're like, no, dude, we're like we're into March, we're, yeah, February. We're, we're turning and, the corner. We're headed towards. Champions, and we're battling right? yeah. with the the Blackhawks, right? It's yes. been a it's been a back and forth go to all season with those freaking Blackhawks. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's just been... It, well, it's we spent a lot of time in previous episodes describing how, like, a lot of times we talk about these rivalries with yeah. these other teams. And well, we spent can, a lot of time yeah. talking about how the Blackhawks ri- rivalry evolved. Well, there is another rivalry that you should, it's it's between uh, Detroit City of Champions and the Man Cave Happy Hour. Okay. And the rivalry occurs is when we record a Man Cave Happy Hour before City of Champions, and Matthew and I... Uh, are drinking like fish during that. I wouldn't say fish. I, I would say we're, we're we're consuming beverages. And then I get on with you, Charles, and, and I try to play like a sober fella, but uh, I'm not. And I try to catch up to your guys' level. I try to catch up to your level. So, all right, no, just teasing. But, yeah, no, so we recorded an episode of the, the Man Cave Happy Hour here at the uh, Podcast Detroit Studios, downtown Detroit, at uh, the Detroit Shipping Company. Um, so thanks to everybody who's uh, making noise outside the studio. Uh, the place is alive. It's, it really is. It's warming up. It's a beautiful thing in the city. So, uh, And if you're listening and you're not hanging out outside the studio, clamoring at the glass, um, like, subscribe. There was a bunch uh, of clamoring going on. Leave yes. a comment. Like, subscribe, follow. Follow, follow, follow me. me you and me, Uncle Cracker. Give us a, give us a follow. But uh, but where we're at is like the whole season has been an up and down. The beginning of the season yeah, was really rough. This season's and then got everything. I mean, that's now why we've really taken the, our time going through it. Yeah, it's had so, everything. So we're with the we're uh, we're we're heading into the last like quarter, final eight, quarter, final eight, final eight games. Final eight games. Final eight games. Yeah, it's a forty eight game season. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah well, we'll <laughs> we know there. we know we yeah, know. Yeah, we were happens, talking about but, it last week that we were that we were yeah. moving towards the end of the regular season. Right, right. Here. And but, so just uh, to give kind of a quick you know, kind of overall of, of where we're at in the season, you know, the season starts out for the first 13 games. You know, the team is called the Hitless Warners. They've got this all-star right. squad that they've been building up, um, but they're, they can't score for, you know, worth their salt. Um, and then, you know, after these, this initial phase, they go through what we were calling the orgy of victory, which was just a complete explosion of yeah. victories. And so they go, you know, they completely flip the script and basically balance it out to the point where they rise up to first place on the exact same day that the Detroit Lions win their first NFL championship. Right, And it's right, the same right. day that Joe Lewis is awarded the most outstanding athlete of the year by the Associated Press. Yep. So, so everybody, so Detroiters that, that opened the newspaper That newspaper was off, just filled with. That was the, yeah, that was yeah. the hinge upon the entire season, how, it, how it, you know, it rotated from the stories of the Tigers, Joe Lewis, the Lions, and now all of a sudden the Red Wings are in the, are in the limelight. They're the, the, all lights are on them because now – if the Red Wings can win this final championship, they they it's a clean sweep of yeah. major sports titles. Yeah, yeah. Because major basketball wasn't a thing. Yeah, at basketball the time. was yeah, basketball. They didn't have was it even a college? It was, was a it, college sport, yeah. but it was more akin to like uh, there's a video, there's an old video game called Bill and Lacrosse at no, the time. No, no, no. It was no. there's an old there's an old basketball there's an old video. <laughs> can you game. imagine basketball lacrosse? Drink some water, dude. This is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm there's sorry. an old Go video ahead, game called Bill Lambeer's Combat Basketball, where basically you could do it's anything you want in the game, and that's kind of how it was. Combat basketball. That's yes, it was. Basically, wait, 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 totally wait, different wait. type of rules in, this, bring that, in that time. Let's bring that back. Combat, Combat basketball. Combat basketball. Well, go get it to a Super Nintendo game. Go get yeah. a copy and you know, we'll, you know, we'll so, quiz you ooh. later. Do you find the glitch yeah. in the corner is three points? That's NBA Jam. All right, so but so so yeah, so with this, they're on the cusp of doing yeah, something. Yeah, so they go, yeah, so this, this could be a queen sweep. Well, again, the Red Wings have this is a team that you know, we look at them as hockey town now, but in this era. They're 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 struggling to get any seats. Anybody right. in the stadium, and, you know, Canadian fans are coming to watch Canadian teams beat oh the God. Red Wings, yeah. you know, beat these you know the Detroit hockey teams. I know what that's but like. But there's but so, but they've never really established themselves in the city. But now 
with with all these other titles and all these other winners in the city, all eyes are on the Red Wings because they're the they represent the final piece yep. to what could become this clean sweep of championships throughout this whole season. Olympia Stadium is full. So now it's so in the early season we talked about how in the when we talk about the hitless wonder period of the season, yeah. there's nobody there. There's like four thousand fans at the games. Right. But then as they start to win, as they start to they they roll into first place, and now all of a sudden the attention is on them. They start to sell out game after game after game. And so they're setting attendance records like every game. And so then we, so then we talked about how um, they went from first place and they, they, the season kind of evolved into this dogfight where they were playing the Blackhawks, the two biggest rivals. They, they, they were playing the American division uh, of the NHL. Yep. And so their two biggest uh, rivals in this division are the Blackhawks and the, and the Boston Bruins. Um, and so both those teams had you know, tremendous players. And so, um, so they went through this phase where they're playing against, you know, they had a couple games against the Blackhawks, a couple games against the, the Bruins. And so, you know, they came out of that um, still, you know, still they went, they dipped under first place for a minute. They came back up. So it was kind of going back and forth. And then we talked about last week yeah. how um, there's injuries uh, came into play and how their minor league team, the Detroit Olympics, like how prescient it was, how big it was that Jack Adams had developed this winning mentality in his right. minor leagues. A farm system at that, right? Exactly. In a farm, it was a farm in a, system in your back pocket. In a, yes, in the farm team that actually played at Olympia, which was a which allowed them to literally just shuffle players in and out of the lineup, especially yeah. if guys weren't playing well, they could drop them down to the Olympics. You know, um, that's the name of the minor league team was the Detroit Olympics. Um, and they could shuffle them in and out of that lineup. And if guys got injured, especially they had a ready source of re- up and coming talent that could literally just bring onto the ice, you know, with the Red Wings instead of bringing it. them down from Bay City or Grand Rapids. Exactly, which yeah. would yeah, which would have taken much time. In this right. case, they could they literally just shuffled them out. So in the la- and so Kalamazoo. And, so we the, you know we, we titled the last week's episode uh, the All O's Line because they actually got to a point where their two their two um their their, their top line of uh, Marty Berry, Larry Ori, and Herbie Lewis. Two of those guys went down with injuries, Herbie Lewis and Larry Ori. And so they were able to bring up two. You know, they moved up a couple guys from their second line onto their first, and then they brought up these Olympics players. And then at one point, they actually had an entire line made up of minor league players that Jack Adams had developed you know, through this Olympics thing. So we called it the All O's line. Yeah. Um, it's a reference. I, I call it that just as sort of in reference to like how in the, mo- in the modern so day we who had was the, it? It was Charlie. It was Charlie. Who else? No, um, no, for that all O's line. Yeah, yeah. yeah we had Art Giroux. Right. Um, we had uh, Wilf Star. We had, so we had uh, yeah Art Giroux at right wing, Wilf Star at left wing, uh, Wally Kilrea at center, yeah. and then uh, Buckle McDonald at the defense, and Ebby uh, Goodfellow at the other defense, and then, of course Normie Smith, and then Normie Smith at goalie. Okay. So all so is all always including the goalie oh, had all come up through the O's. I mean, Eddie Goodfellow was probably was the old you know he had been four or five years since he'd sure. been in the O's, but the other guys but he was were part fresh. Of it. On, but the other guys were all fresh from the O's. Yeah. So um. So, right, yeah, so where does so, that take us today? So so what we're so I call this episode today the the coup de grace, which was the fi- this is the final leg of the season, um and we and so we so we're we're beginning with game forty out of this forty eight game season, mm-hmm. and so game forty begins um with the return of Larry Ari. So we last week the the final episode the final game we talked about in last week's show uh, was that that Herbie Lewis had returned and Herbie Lewis had this great game and one of the big things that he did was he saved Abby Goodfellow's life oh. in this in this uh, when that when um, that's right Toe Blake came down to, yeah. to head the Toe Blake was was a rookie with a stick right yeah he, he swung down. his stick down to, and Toe Blake ended up becoming an NHL Hall of Famer he's one of the best players ever in hockey but this was his rookie year. And he came down to hack Ebby Goodfellow with his stick. They say he swung it like an axe mm-hmm. to split his skull. Oh. And, and Herbie Lewis came in just at the nick of time with his stick and basically like a sword you know, deflecting another sword, you know, glanced the blow so it only barely clipped Ebby's head and were saved playing, his life. Were they Are you suck? not entertained? Yeah, I mean, and then the, Are you not entertained? Yeah, so the there follow- can be only one. Yeah, so the following, <laughs> so the following was the result of the, you know, what the result of this was this wild riot at Olympia oh, where yeah, there's yeah. like I mean, it's just a, it's an it's a, like the fans are pouring onto the ice. The owners comes out of the box. The owner got a couple of punches in on Toe Blake. <laughs> wow. You know, like the, I mean, it's man, that you kind do of a wish thing. the owners. You can see Mike Illich wheeling out before he passed on his wheelchair yeah. to go after somebody. You know? Well, it just it just it, you know a lot of times we you know people think that like the 1930s are this dull black sure. and white era where it's just sure. kind of smaller guys and you know whatever. 
But this, but that's it's completely untrue. As we've talked about throughout the whole course game of this, on. it's like every other game. There's some massive battle royale, riot. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Jack but, Adams is going into the crowd after fans. Yeah, and, and there's no crazy. plexiglass. There's yeah. no, no, no. Net. Yeah, chicken wire. All, yeah, and, yeah, and we talked about another week wire. where Billy Rogel, who was a shortstop for the Tigers, he was he was at a game and he was in the front row and he got clipped with a stick in the face <laughs> by a riot by you know mm-hmm. he got too close to the action. He got hit in the you know he got four stitches Jeez. at a Red Wings game. You know, he's a starting shortstop of the Tigers. Even back then, they were supporting one another. Oh, yeah. And I believe that. That is just amazing. Big time. We've talked about how Joe Lewis was at a minor league game, and he was commenting on a fight with Wally Kilrea, fighting a guy who was like twice his size. So, yeah, like Joe Lewis was at the game. The the game where the Red Wings moved into first place – the, the entire half the Lions team was there, and they were celebrating with the Red Wings in the in the uh, locker room for you know because they had moved into first place and like on the day that the the Lions were you know winning the championship. So there, so the, yeah, there was a massive interrelationship between these players from different teams yeah. on these you know going to games, supporting the teams. And but all the that. Red Wings were the last piece of that. They're the puzzle. last piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Right. And so all so not only were all eyes on them, which was you know very beneficial. But if they didn't win in this same season, it could have been massively detrimental because they were the ones that failed under pressure, so sure. to speak. Right. And so that's why it was like that's why this was so key. Um, that all that you know that that's why like you know that's drama. That's you can't. I mean, in the, the people watching the games knew that they're like they have to win. They, they this isn't like maybe hopefully they can win. This was like they have to win, um, or the you know or else they're going to be you know under the microscope for the negative reason. So. So anyway, so we start with game 40, and in this game, Larry Ori comes back. So that so now their top line is reunited. Larry Ori, Marty Berry, and Herbie Lewis. This is January 1936. This is February, I'm sorry, uh, March 6th, 1936. Oh, wow, okay. okay. So game 40, yes. And so they're, 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 so in this game against the New York Americans, um, who they called the Americs back then, um, so I'll just give you just a real brief quote about the impact that Larry Ori had when he returns to the lineup. So, of course, our, you know, one of our favorites, our favorite hockey reporters, certainly Leo McDonald talks about yes. um, in this here. So jubilant in the wake of, a, of an amazing smashing victory here last night, Jack Adams, uh, Jack Adams cup chasing Red Wings in all their glory moved on today to Montreal where they meet the Maroons Saturday night. With Larry Ori returned to action, Detroit's scintillating first line performed brilliantly, scoring all four goals. Ori himself, with no evidence of a wrecked breastbone, led the attack with two goals. And so, um, scintillating. Yeah. Yes. So, so Ori scored from in front of the net a goal, which a goal which uh, the two the two two uh, Americans players protested, uh, claiming the Detroit player kicked the puck into the cage. And I'm just kind of going through this a huge article. I'm just reading a couple of clips from it. Was that when it was legal? Not really. That's why they were protesting. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Anyway, so so it was a huge. You can see. So it was a huge game. They scored. So Larry Ori scores two goals in his return, assists on another. The top line scores all four goals, they, and they win the game four to one. So it was a huge win. You know, all they right. just come back. Larry Ori's back. The top yeah. line is reunited. They're back in form. They're ready to roll, and everything's going good. Game Don't four, call eight. it a comeback. Game right? forty, four to one. That's yeah. It, so right? everything's go. So it um, sounds all made in the shade. It's all made in the shade. They're ready to just storm through, right? Yep. Right. But not so much. Let's skate. However, let's not skate. so much. Yeah. So, however, question. So, mark? what ends up happening is, so game. We four, got a little dip. I'm looking at the. I'm looking exactly. at the. Uh, so I'm we, looking at the game by ba- game positioning, yes. and we got a little. Uh, uh, there's a peak. Yes. And there's a valley. A, we got a valley coming. A on. major valley. And so, game 41 is a three-five loss to the Maroons. Game 42, a two. What to, a maroon. A two. To, so Montreal Maroons. Yeah. So game 42, <laughs> a two-to-five loss to Boston at home. So they lose again. Game 43, a 0-1 loss to Boston. Shut out by Tony Thompson, this goalie we talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Best goalie in the NHL. Shuts them out. So they so that's three games in a row they lose they lose. And that knocks it puts them down so they're only plus they're only one game up over Chicago Blackhawks in this at this <sighs> moment. Them freaking Blackhawks, yes. man. So game 44, three to four loss to New York Rangers. So they lose four games in a row. Holy and crap. the only reason that they still they're still hanging in is because right, of right. Blackhawks and Bruins. Um, the Bruins have picked up a couple games from the the wins they just had over the Red Wings, but um, the Blackhawks are also losing at this moment. So it's a it's a pretty thin margin at now this point. Now it's super thin because yeah. they're still only at, now they're only a game up where they were right, up right. at one point. They were like you know they were winning they were winning they get Larry Ory back they have this huge win and now they're coming down. And so game forty four there's a quote in this thing which um, uh, I actually wrote down because I thought it was pretty significant because it kind of talks about at this moment. It wasn't just because like goals weren't going in they were playing terrible. Ah. And so again Leo McDonald says. Um, this uh, wings this wings team which played last night was not good enough to win one of the old Poncher Train Hotel shaving mugs, mm. let alone a Stanley Cup. Wow. 
So they're talking about this. It wasn't just bad. You know, they just goals weren't going in. This they're just literally playing terribly. And I'm uh, looking at the graphic. You know, 44 and 45. There was a small increase in production. Very small increase, right? Well, I'll show you. So that we're so we're so here's the thing. So so um uh. So one of the other things I wanted to mention here is that is that Adam. So like when things are starting to go bad, yeah. Buckle McDonald, this our a fan favorite. We love Buckle yeah, McDonald. Yes, we do Buckle. Yes, Buckle's our so, buck. yeah, we so love Buckle. This hard hitting rookie defenseman. He, you know, we we love Buckle. And so early on in the season, the Buckle is known for like the newspaper reporters loved him because he's like eating these ridiculous steaks and eating these huge hamburgers. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's like this big. That's, that's really on huge. the norm, right? Yeah, he's got uh, these yeah. big ears. So he has a huge personality. Everybody's loving Shit. him and. Writing all these articles, how flattering, how funny it is that Bucko eats such big meals. But now, when everything's going bad, it's like all of a sudden they're Maybe like, Bucko should Bucko's lay off the stick. Too, there you go. Yeah, they're like, Bucko's eating too much. He's getting too fat. Out how about there. he skates on yeah. his blades, not his ankles? So you can see, yeah. So yeah, so you can see how this, sharpen those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Would you? So would yeah, you double so, knot that. Crap? Yeah, we were talking about the bender component. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Bender's the guy that can't skate. So. But anyways, they um so yeah they're so Bucko now is you know there's this huge article about like it says Bucko is lectured by Jack Adams he's like uh, Jack Adams like he's gonna eat himself out of the league he's you know he's like trying to live up to this reputation that the newspaper reporters are giving him for being this crazy eater you know you know big you know big guy and I'm sorry so they're, I, I gotta pull the Marvel out eat a salad yeah. oh there you <laughs> are so, there you are yeah so so anyway so that you know that kind of reflects like when everything starts to go bad they're starting to kind of like you know there's you know they're talking bad about what's going on you know like they, you know these things that used to be Fun and you know, cute and whatever are now like look. It's whimsical. It's whimsical when you're winning. Exactly. That, <laughs> you put it perfectly. It's whimsical when you're winning, and now it's a detriment when you're losing. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. so that's like it's, that's the mood of what's going on is yeah. that they're they're losing and they're going oh you know one of the reasons Bucko is eating his way out of the league you know so <laughs> and so once again only the Get only only in, again losses by Boston and Chicago are what keep the the wings in this and so they're still up a point. Um, so it's it's the fact that these other teams are losing, which is only really the reason why Detroit's still hanging right. in there. So game forty five, the Wings, it's a one one tie to the Canadiens. Um, and so game forty six, so it's, once again they're just still they're still hanging in there. They're up they're up by a, a um, I, I believe by a, by two points. Um, so um, so anyway, so they go into game forty six and another and another loss one to two. They oh. lose one to two to Toronto. Um, so, so they're at, they're at home in front of uh, uh, the largest attendance of the season, thirteen thousand seven hundred twenty-six fans, largest Man. attendance of the season. And how many folks? They lose you? one to two. How many Jeez. folks? Thirteen thousand. So there's like standing. I mean, there's not. They're packing them in. There's so many people wanting to come into these games, and they lo- and they're losing. You know, they're losing game after game after game. So again, once again, um, uh, so Tiny Thompson for the for Boston, the goalie, shuts out Chicago to help the Wings stay uh, two games ahead. Uh, so the game, they're actually picked up a game somehow. Thank you, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. So they're so they actually so they're still they're still Here's hanging in, right? Yeah. So um so now sh- so with so game forty seven is the game of games. Mm-hmm. This is the this is the final game against the Blackhawks for the season. Holy smokes! And so here's the situation. So the game so the so the Wings are two games up on on the Blackhawks. Right. And the way it counts is that a win counts for two points. A loss counts for zero points. So if the Blackhawks win this game, there's only keep on this is game forty seven. There's only forty eight games in the season. Right, right. So a loss against the Blackhawks sets the Wings up to the to where. Um, they're, they're, the Blackhawks are tied with them going into the final game of the season. You see, so, so this, the, this is a this major is a game. Must it's win. a must-win game. It's so they're it's so. And plus, you know, they're, 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 if if we have that graphic which showed the um, from last week with the with the records of all these things, don't use the graphic I showed you this week about the the, 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 the records, but the one that we used uh, three weeks ago, or I think it was. Where it's got, uh, anyways, the, the long the wings, short of it was the wings and the hawks. Yeah, the wings and the, the hawks. Wings and the the wings and the yeah. And the Blackhawks, yeah. Because long and short of it was that the two teams they'd basically gone back and forth. Oh like, yeah, I got the question mark there. Yep. Yeah, so so they were going back and forth. So like the the wings would win the first game, and then the Blackhawks would win the next game, and then the, you know go back and forth all the way through the season. Yeah. And to the point where they were literally their season series was tied. Three to three is a three three tie. A three, you know, they both had one three, lost three, and had one tie. Three three one, yep. Three there three it is. one, yeah. going into the final game where it's all the money's on the table, and all we we already we spent a you know, great deal of time talking about this massive rivalry between. And that's these coming two up teams. on the uh, so this coming is the up last, game forty seven. The last best hope for it to be a trifecta plus one. 
Well, this is they're, they're they're trying to get to the playoffs right now. You see, yeah. so oh, okay, okay. And so there's yeah, so Boston and Chicago. You know, this is a regular season. It's the conclusion of the regular season. All right, and let's play this game. Anything can happen in the last couple of games because sure. the long because what happens is is if the Blackhawks win, the Blackhawks you know move into you know tie for the Wings for first place, and if and the Boston's nipping at their heels too. Yeah, then oh. the Boston's nipping at their heels too. And so if you know, like if Boston wins and the Blackhawks win, they both pass. You know, they both tie with the Wings. Like in essence, a three way tie for first. Mm-hmm. If the Wings lose the final game in the season, these two. Win the wings don't even make the playoffs. Wow! And they get knocked out by the Blackhawks, who two years prior had knocked them out in the Stanley Cup Finals. So there's a lot of pressure a on ton this of game. Pressures, and they get knocked out from the City of Champions. I all say the running. It's pressure. I, I would say animosity. Yeah. All right. So I would game say. 47. They hate these guys too. Yeah. The coaches hate each other. The player, the goalie of the Blackhawks is a former guy that was cut by the Red Wings. <laughs> the, the the owners are neighbors in Chicago that detest each other. I mean, there's the. I mean, they've been fighting for years. You know, blood, blood and teeth on the. On the Do we have a? Weren't there neighbors at yeah. one point in time? That they, yeah, exactly. They're neighbors in Chicago, and they oh hate God. each other. <laughs> no, the Norris owns the building. That hey, they, turn your stereo down. Norris, Fred, you know, James Norris actually owns the building that the Blackhawks play in. Oh God. And he uses that to rub their, you know, rub rub their faces in it all the time. Hey, turn so on that phonograph. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, hate yeah, each yeah. other. Yeah. I mean, turn that really Victrola down, you so anyways, son of a. So this is the situation, and i yeah. So I, yeah. So this is the situation, and um, and so I'm gonna read just a couple of little quick like sort take of this away from me. A couple of little uh, quick like quote stubs here. Where the, so Jack Adams is trying to explain why this Red Wings team has been slumping so bad. So uh, so once again, this is um, so this is March 18th on uh, by Leo McDonald, and he says uh, manager Jack Adams and Red Wings spent anxious moments around the Telegraph operators in Olympia last night, awaiting returns from the game between the Blackhawks and the New York Rangers. When word came that the Rangers had beaten the Blackhawks, a huge smile spread across the face of Adams. Adams didn't cheer. So that, that right there, they're talking about how anxious they were. They're gathering on the radio because this, they're because if they're it wait, hinges. It's like how, if, they, if, yeah. if the Blackhawks had not been beaten by the Rangers in this game, they'd be tied already. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like this is the sort of the before this. So now they got beat. Now they're still got an, an edge on Blackhawks. So the next day, right. game so now on. they're still up by two. But there's yep. but you know I mean th- th- this was a huge relief when you're playing like, that team. It's a two game swing. Yeah, ex- so yeah. So at the very least, they have a little bit of a cushion that if they're. Good call. So that you know, that, so it was big. So, um, so, so that's what he's saying. So, that, so Jack Adams <laughs> okay. says uh, that's something the Red Wing manager grown. English Adams, a, Adams, a comparatively young man before the Red Wings started the disastrous road trip that ended Saturday night in Montreal, was ready for the for the Townsend plan after Toronto licked the Wings Sunday. It was the sixth game of the Red Wings had played without a victory. What is the matter with the Red Wings? Adams got it. The, the Wings themselves got it, and the newspaper men got it on their own on return from the re- return the recent trip. The slump is one of those unexplicable things that's, that, that uh, comes to most clubs, hockey, baseball, or passing the beanbag. The Red Wings today are just as good a club as they were a month ago. So they're just saying there's this horrible slump they've been in, and they is, can't uh, really answer why. Is they're passing the beanbag a, an allusion to uh, football? I, I don't know. I think it, I think it was just, uh, just any sport. Yeah, any sport, like just okay. a beanbag game. Okay, you know, fair play. Like, uh, you know, old old fashioned cornhole game, or monkey something. balls, or anything. Yeah. Right. So, um. So, anyways, and so this is. I the, just wanted to say so, monkey balls. So this is the hype article for this. Hashtag for, cave. So this is the hype article from this the, the upcoming Hawks game right. that they're about to play. Who is okay? this written by? Leo McDonald. Once okay. Again, he's one of our favorites. He's, yes. he's the you you, so, you draw a lot from. Yeah, uh, yeah you Leo. draw a lot from him. So yeah, he, Leo's he great. was the he was the sports writer for Detroit. Yeah. The, the most uh, popular one of them. No, the he's news? one of them. Is he the news? When we get to Joe Lewis, wait till you tell. When we start talking about the Joe Lewis, wait till you see all the articles by Bob Murphy. Bob okay. Murphy's going to crack you up. Yeah. yeah. But you you've been quoting because we had he's the hockey writer. We got Iffy. We had Iffy the Dumpster who did a lot. On Tigers, the Tigers, yeah. uh, what publication did does McDonald work for? So he is the Detroit Times. Times, okay. Because yeah. so the yeah. Times, you kind of almost wish the Times was still around. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. because because in today's world. You'd yeah. almost need that type of writing yeah. to kind of cut through all the BS. Absolutely, they, and, yeah, and, and political correctness. So yeah, they have all this. Yeah, they have all this really colorful writing where they're like, you know, it's not the Red yeah. Wings won the game last night. They're like Red Wolf, Red Wolves on the prowl. Yeah, right, right. right. Like, yeah, yeah. Just you know, color it so, up, man. Exactly. They're bring like, it. To, well, you had to bring it alive. That was all there was. Yeah, because there was no. There was TV. No, there was no TV. Yeah. There was no. Yeah, radio was in its infancy for especially for yeah. hockey. So if you were so you're trying to present this story where you're reading this action packed adventure story through the yeah. whole thing, and yeah, some of them might be like colored up. You like maybe you're, you know you're you're reading a, you know reading an article and they're like makes yeah. it sound like these like you know warriors of the ice lanes yeah. you know, sharpening sticks and everything are heading up and down but it brings color it makes you feel like you are there and like or or at the very least that you wish you were there yeah. you see 
So, but it, it, yeah. So, so he wrote this article so this about article, this game. Yeah. This is a well, pre this or is post a, game. It's a pre-game. It's a okay, hype pre-game. quote. Okay. It's a hype quote for What's this big, for this massive game coming up. So, um, so this so the head the article title is called "Puck Classic Looms in Thanks, Game sir. with Hawks Tonight." And so, uh, a Red Wing hockey club, which has faltered in the stretch, drive for the National League pennant, just as the bunting seemed in its grasp takes an arch enemy in the Chicago Blackhawks before a capacity crowd at Olympia tonight with a chance to clinch first place honors. If it loses, the race will go into a tie between tonight's rivals. A point behind the Hawks and three points behind the Wings are the Boston Bruins, an outfit that has charged towards the top in recent games and which is all pepper is all pepped up over the opportunity to sneak into f- the first place spot before the regular uh, schedule is concluded. Hmm. The Blackhawks, like the Red Wings, have suffered recent reverses losing to Rangers and Bruins in the last two starts. Thus, the Hawks are in the same mood as the Wings, and because both teams are anxious to redeem themselves, the game at the Grand River Ice Palace, promi- the, the, great, the game at the Grand River Ice Palace promises to be one of the most torrid of the season. In addition to the importance of the game to the two teams, there is quite a bit of feeling between the squads that has budded and flowered to the point which goes beyond mere enmity, whatever that is. So, Clem, so Clem, Clem Laughlin, manager of the Hawks, would rather win one game from the Detroit Pucksters than four from the other teams in the league. And Jack Adams, the Wings boss, entertains nothing but a burning desire to see his lads wallop the daylights out of the Chicago ones. His lads. I'd love to, I love to use the word wallop yeah. in an article. But yeah. Lads and wallop in the same sentence. Come yeah. on, man. So but it's, 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 it's critical for both teams. Yeah, and you can see it. Not only is it like adding besides that, they just don't like each other and want to, would rather win one game against them than four against anybody else. Right, right. So mm. it's just so, you, so that's that's one of the things I've been trying to emphasize from the beginning. Of this whole thing is just this intent, you know, this rivalry with them and how burning red hot. It so this was. is it. The game on the nineteenth is coming this up. Is they wrote this, this on the eighteenth. Yeah. It's happening on the nineteenth. And yeah. this is what? game. And this is game number forty-seven. It's game number forty-seven. Out and there's of only forty-eight in the yeah. season. Can you yeah. put that graphic back up? I did. All right. There's All right. the. Uh, there's the the forty yeah. If oh. you go from forty four to forty five, forty six, and then you see forty seven. Oh yeah. Holy crap! That production. Yeah. That pro- well, well, that's the up and down in the standings. They're up one game. They're down one yeah, game. Yeah, they're yeah, up yeah. this and they're in the rising, falling in the okay. standings. Yeah. That's, but just that. So that, yeah, because they, it's a roller coaster. Because every every book that ever talks about the nineteen thirty five Red Wings, they make it sound like they just went from coast to coast and just romped oh, their way through it, and then it was all there was to it. They had this great line that was no. killing everybody, and it was way more to it. The drama behind it—that's why I say like this could be one of the greatest. Like you know, the, the whole thing with all the teams would be one of the, certainly one of the greatest, um, like a mini series. Like I mean, I call it a sports epic with all the teams in it. But this Red Wings story itself. Is just, I mean, it's got everything. It's mm-hmm. got you know injuries to the primary stars. It's got rookies like Bucko McDonald that come out of nowhere. Right. Um. They've got rivalry with the Blackhawks. You've got these, you know, some of the most legendary hockey players of all time that they have to overcome, like in Tiny Thompson with the with the Boston Bruins. Uh, I mean, it's just you've got everything. And so, um, what happens? Yeah, what happens on the nineteenth? So on the nineteenth, I'll read the article for. I'll just not the whole thing, but I'll read right, a right, stub right. article for it. Who, who, I think, who, uh, who put this? Once down? again, our buddy Leo McDonald. All right, yeah. Down. So um, this and so the article comes out on the twentieth, which means the game was on the on the previous night. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, so the so Red Wings today were the proud champions of the American Division of the National Hockey League. On nice the, on the heels of a smashing victory over the Chicago Blackhawks, five to three in a blazing game be- between uh, thirteen thousand five hundred and twenty-two fans. Uh, actually, I said I said that wrong. In a blazing game before thirteen thousand five hundred twenty-two delirious fans, delirious, I like who it. jammed Olympia last night. Um, so I will. I'll just skip ahead because there's quite a bit um, to it. Um, it says, uh, oh, okay, right here. So it says, uh, by clinching first place, the Red Wings earn the right to meet either Toronto or Mo- or the Montreal Maroons, one of which will be the winner in the international section in the first of the league championship games, which get underway next Tuesday. So um, the little thing says, Smith hurt, meaning Normie Smith. So the game was also marked by a remarkable display of gameness on the part of Normie Smith, the Detroit goalie, who was painfully injured in the second period when it struck in the groin by a puck off the stick of Mush March. After a brief rest, Smith, though, suffering, resumed his post in the net. Between the periods, he was given medical attention in the dressing room and after the games was still in pain and groggy. With Marty Berry, the smart, Irishman's playing, the smart Irishman, playing a role in four of his team's five goals, Detroit's first line performed brilliantly. All three of the line, Barry, Barry, Larry Ori, and Herbie Lewis, turned in markers and each assisted in one or more. Mud Brunito brought up from the Olympics, and Johnny Sorrell were the other wings who glittered in the scoring department. 
to young Brunito went the honor of, of inaugurating the goal-getting, punching the puck into the Chicago net in the fading moments of the opening period. Nice. He raked Sorrell's rebound to turn the trick with Caracas looking out the window. The alert Brunito came in fast from nowhere and caught the former Detroiters sleeping. As the red light flashed, a great roar boomed through the big amphitheater. The crowd didn't have long to wait in the second heat for another demonstration, Ori turning Barry's pass in front of the goal mouth into the net in a spectacular play in which Lewis also played a part, rushing the puck into Chicago territory to start a smart play. So um, it's, uh, here's the last little section. The third period was still young when Barry added to Detroit margin with a pretty tally. He fan- finished off spectacularly in the wake of a whirlwind teaming with Doug Young the length of the ice. So that was sort of like a little brief overview of the of the game and some of the sort of you know the highlights of the highlight moments. So, so Mud, right? We he's he's yeah. one of the guys they brought up. He's, yeah. So I so I he's new. A, he's new to the game. A, well, he he's he, new to the. He started out early in the season with the team. Yeah. Mud, his name is Madre Mud uh, Brunito. Yeah, yeah. I just called him Mud because Madre. Yes, yes. So so uh, so they called him Mud. You know, he was nicknamed Mud for most mud. of his life because Madre. Your name is Mud. Yeah. Backwards as yeah. dumb. But that's yeah. with two D's. Yeah. So <laughs> so um so Mud Brunito is his name's um. We will definitely get to him, but uh, Mud Brunson will end up being uh, one of, inducted in the Red Wings Hall of Fame at, at some point in the future. But so he's going to play. So this is this is not some obscure player. Um, I mean, he's obscure to us today, but sure. Um, so, <laughs> the so, whole, the whole so, 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 Mud Brunito early on in this early on in the season had been one of the first guys that like he like like uh, he'd been one of these guys that Adams brought uh, from the Olympics. So we're like he's going to be the you know like from when the Olympics beat the Red Wings in the inner city series. He brought. The uh, farm Mar- team, the Olympics. Yes, right. like the, because that early before the season starts, there's an inner city series between the Olympics and the Red Wings, and the and the Olympics beat the Red Wings. And one of these guys that <laughs> yeah, they yeah. included, they brought into the team was Mud Brunito because he was so good. Was then, it was he who was he playing for the Olympics for the or Olympics? The wings? Yeah, I, okay. Uh, so he they brought like him to the Wings, but he went through the first like 20 games of the season without scoring. And that hit list stuff, they're like, ah, and they dropped, send him down. And so they brought him, they right, sent him back point. down. Yeah, and so yeah. and so now towards the end of the season, so like throughout this entire season, injuries, whatever, they bring him back up. No, he's he's playing fantastic. Oh, for the so, so we he, need we need so a little bit of that spunk. Was he yeah. forward defense? Yeah, we need a little spunk. Yeah. Yeah, well, so they're yeah, so that's what they're saying is yeah. So what they're so that's the thing was is no, this was not this was not necessarily some injury replacement. Mud Brunito was playing fantastic. The O's at this point are six games up. In fact, they clinched their division either this night or the night prior to this. There, so they're headed to. Um, so uh, Mud was for playing. The final game. Mud was playing fantastic for the Olympics. Yes, right. And then he's playing so good that they brought him up right at the end of the year and started him against the Chicago started Blackhawks. Him. All right, fair play. Not, I mean, he wasn't. I take that back. He wasn't in the first line, but I mean, he played. Yeah, he played. They a put, they put him in the rotation. The fir- yeah, he put him in the rotation. He scored the first goal of nice. this Blackhawks nice. you know, major nice. important and, event. And that's one of the, the the genius parts of Jack Adams. He put a a cog into. What he's got going on, yes, to really off-put what the Blackhawks thought yeah. the Red Wings are going to do, and, the, and he know, and the systems of the two teams are so similar that he can bring up a guy that's playing well in the minors and slot them right into, the and, system it's the of the but, and, and it's the same house, and it's the same arena, and none of the other guys know what this guy is all about. Exactly, so he's sort of a secret weapon, that yeah. kind of thing. But he, but the, he was already on Adam's radar because early in the season he'd already started, yeah. he'd already brought him up. But then he he didn't he didn't he wasn't scoring Up and down back and forth yeah, yeah. So, and so at the end of the year he'd have been playing so well with the Olympics who again I want to mention one more time so we can so everybody knows the Olympics had just made the IHL playoffs and basically the same day as yeah. the Red Wings so the minor league team I, I and love major the, league I love the story are about both headed to the to the to the to the playoffs, playoffs at the same right, time right so the both teams so it's so yeah so they're in and so again Mud Brunson was sent to the Red Mud's Wings got to keep two jerseys and a two sweaters yeah. in his bag <laughs> yeah so you know what you're not skating hard enough we're gonna have you skating even harder. Yeah, Mud, so, you gotta go. You're gonna you play tonight. You gotta play so, tomorrow. Yeah, you gotta so play Mud, tonight again. Right, right. Yeah. So Mud is going to basically this this huge moment is going to presage another huge moment mm. in a future. You know, in the, probably the next episode where we're gonna be talking about it. But that's why I wanted to kind of introduce him a little bit because yeah. um, because this is this as big as this goal was. This is nothing compared to what he's going to do. Oh, holy crap! Right. All right, this is this but is uh, this in, is in playoffs. He, he the scored finals. the first goal. It, we'll, it, we'll see coming up. A fair play. We'll see coming up. We got to we got to leave so the he, listeners wanting more. Just to tease it, he scored right. the first goal in the game with the Blackhawks. 
The very first day he started the scoring. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He started the scoring. It's had a thunderous ovation. You know, this rookie comes up and he scores this huge goal. All right. What else we got to cover tonight? What else? So this is the real. So, um, so, so anyways, that was 47. There's only one more game of yeah, the regular season. I want to read a couple little tidbits because there was this guy. Yeah, this, the article what about from this, this game? This was, this was, I mean, the articles from this were, you know, huge. And so Leo McDonald had another thing that was sort of reporting on some of the other, like, extracurriculars floating around besides just the game. There was, like, sure. a bunch of little kind of colorful you can, you can imagine it's like, yeah. it's like when the Wings are in the playoffs, yeah. right? And you go downtown and, and Bob over here is like, Bob used to DJ at the Post Bar which was like uh, a stumbling and, and vomit distance from Joe Louis yeah. Arena. And, uh, you know, it, when, when the city was alive with playoff hockey, it was alive. I mean, it was, it was, it was serious. That, it wasn't kidding around with uh, – yeah. it was good stuff, right? I mean, yeah. It was 300 people deep trying to get into that place. In, yeah. in a bar that's like 100-person capacity. Yeah. 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 Well, capacity. I learned – this is what I learned. The place is closed, so I, I can talk about it now. <laughs> But there used to be uh, the every time after a Red Wings game, the the fire chief would would just show up at the, at the and there would be an envelope waiting for him with a, a beer and a shot, and uh, <laughs> the fire chief would slowly grab the envelope, drink his drink, and then slowly leave. That's it. And then you know let the debauchery ensue. That's it. The post bar though, I mean the post bar part of like the the eighties. Um, you know, the 80s and the 90s and, and, and the excitement of when the Wings were doing well in those seasons, uh, it, it was, it was a, a decided part of it. And when the city comes alive for a team, there, there's no stopping it. Well, that's nope. how this was. And that's why they actually acknowledged that in we, uh, the article we talked about, like one of the first episodes we did this entire show. <laughs> and I love the graphs. Was, was how graphs the, all the way They in actually the... talked about how the fans had such, played such a major role in this because these fans are looking for something to get excited about in the middle of the Great Depression. Yeah. So as soon as these Can teams started to play remotely well, we thought the fans turned out in yeah the fans turned out in droves and it was the and it was like they went from one sport to the next you know in their thousands and so it was like they were engaged in every single sport at a time that like you know other sports and other cities were just you know hockey was somewhat in its infancy like yeah. NFL was somewhat in its infancy and yet these teams are getting thousands of fans showing out. And they're you know they're playing for something you know these games right. are playing for something because they were the last piece of that puzzle. Well, in this case, yes, but I'm saying like the fans went from basically sport to sport, sport to, to sport. sport. Right. And so they actually there's a writer early on that we talked about that actually when they said what he said this actually article was called upon what meat does um, Detroit's. Uh, Upon what meat does Detroit feed that makes it so great in sports? Like, what is it? What made Detroit so great in sports? How were they able to do all these things? Aside, and they were saying it was the fans that got behind these teams that that really gave Detroit this advantage. Where they're every game they're like playing for something, they're getting excited, and the fans were really like that sort of a that you know X factor that you know helped them win these things. The thirteenth man. The thirteenth, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, anyways, so right. a couple little tidbits from the game. Itself. Yeah, yeah, more about um, uh, the forty seventh game, right? Yeah. So, uh, so it says. So here's an article that says uh, the thing Abby Goodfellow liked best at Olympia last night was Bob Clark's organ uh, peeling out "Hail to the Victors" after the Red Wings' great victory over the Blackhawks. It sure sounded sweet, Goodfellow declared. So they're playing the U of M's fight song, "The Hail to the Victors." Yeah, after the okay. Win. Wow. Which was kind of a cool, kind of a cool thing. So All right, U of M fans out there know I'm that they're a, I'm a, okay, Mister U of sure. M down there. So um, U of M, Dearborn, mofo. <laughs> yeah, so, I went to. I, I, went I to, won't say it. I no, won't say seriously, it. it's like my fraternity brothers. We yeah. all went to Dearborn. We get really pumped so, up about yeah, football. So, like, um, guys, we went to Dearborn. Relax, yeah, so, <laughs> relax a little bit. <laughs> All right, go it. ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So yeah, so we've got some. Um, I love that play. So a huge, Victor, like so. a huge Buckle McDonald uh, f- uh, hit. So it says Buckle McDonald all but put Tru- Trudell up in the rafters when he checked the Chicago player in the first period, and the crowd howled. So a monstrous Man. check, I guess, was was you know laid out. Like the fact that they would include him in this in this this list of the, these different uh, random things. So Buckle got a massive hit that just went got the whole crowd going crazy. Um, it said uh, it said on the level Kaplan. Uh, so they're talking about. It said Maurice Kaplan reported that he was hurried home from Detroit Tigers camp at Lakeland, Florida, by Charlie Gehringer. Mm. On the on the level Kaplan said every time Gehringer heard the Wings loss, he all but broke down and cried. He's sure a bug, meaning a fan. Wait, wait. Um, I'm sorry. Go back. He was in Lakeland, Florida. Yes. Yes. And he got hurried back. Yes. Because this is uh, March. This is spring training, right? Yeah. They're, spring they're, training. They're, How yeah. long did that take to get yeah. from Lakeland? Because they Florida. know. Back up to Detroit. Yeah. So, well, they, how long does it take to? It's uh, the Morse code. They got to get that. Yeah. Down so, there. yeah. So, 
I think he was relaying messages to Garinger because he was right, right. such a huge Red Wings. No, player. I mean because it's not. It's not like you know. Oh, you have a hundred channels. It's like oh, the Wings no, are playing on this channel. And, yeah. And it, yeah, it's like local radio, and yeah. that's it. And then there's like the news wire. That's why I wanted to stop that. I'm do, like, do, okay, do, do, do. hold on. No, a and when I when I make fun, it's like uh, so it's, Morse code. It almost was. So it's adding a it's little more. A step. So it's adding another player to what we already know as these different fans and how like the, you know we talk about the half the Lions right and the, the Tigers are another, watching another from Lakeland. Yes, and especially fan. Charlie Gehringer yeah. is a is a diehard Red Wings. Oh, fan. really? Is yes, he? that's yeah. what that's what this is saying. I love it. That's there what I'm is. trying to point this out. So Maurice Kaplan <laughs> reported <laughs> we would just shut that up for he, a second. Yeah, that he was that he was hurried <laughs> home from Detroit Tigers camp at Lakeland, Florida, by Charlie Gehringer. On the level, on the level, Kaplan said every time Gehringer heard the Wings loss, he all but broke down and cried. He sure is a bug. And a bug is a 30s reference for a fan. That's how the word fan even started. Was like they, it was like it evolved from the word. I don't know. Don't ask me the exact. Yeah, yeah. They hurried him Bugs home. Bugs became fans. They in hurried some way. him home from Lakeland, Florida, to Detroit. The yeah. information. The information. I don't oh, think. Oh, okay. I'm like. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was they hurried in the person. information from yeah. Detroit to right. Lakeland. So I was. Yeah. I was thinking in person. My bad. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of the game, uh, Doug Young snared the puck and tossed it into the crowd as a Whoop. souvenir. Ah. Uh-huh. So um, Derek goes a happy fan. Could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine if somebody actually I resurfaces with that puck and uh, says like, "I had this puck from the uh, Chicago Blackhawks game"? Uh, like, if you caught that puck, like, why would you not like? Um, why would you like get rid of that? How would how, yeah, how would you document it? This it is doesn't my matter. Great grandfather. <laughs> no, I, listen, I would tell you why it doesn't matter. Okay, because nobody's ever like who's going to relinquish gonna, that. No, let me just, let me make my case for this. All right, right? all right. Lean into the microphone. Make so your case. this case, so. Of all the games in the history, like we've already acknowledged the idea that this 1935 Red Wings team is basically forgotten. Yeah. Okay. Whenever you read a Detroit history book on the Red Wings, yeah, yeah. there's virtually nothing in there. Everybody's it's not original six. Original six. No, didn't we, even start until okay, the 40s. But for the widespread, for the widespread, um, uh, uh, mainstream Detroit sports world, okay. the Detroit Red Wings season of 1935 is virtually unknown. Right. They don't even. They barely know that it even happened. Let alone the story behind it. Okay, and, and, I, and I'm going to be totally honest with you, uh, Charles. I am one of those people. I had no idea about this story. Yeah, it, so nobody that's does. That's why I'm sitting here and listening, and you know, not getting sleep at this point in time. Uh, so, yeah. I, I want. What I'm learn saying more. is, when I say this, that's what I'm trying to say. This season, what this entire season was completely forgotten. But specifically, this 1935 Red Wings season, and what, and like, just the fact that he, that it even happened. Okay. There's no none of these players' names are hanging in the rafters of Joe Lewis nope. or, or of a, of a, um, Little Caesars Arena. Correct. There's no there's like the, the, a celebration of the season is, is basically revered is the only thing you get maybe is like the date like oh on this date they won this thing. There's only two stories that they ever talk about out of this. Um, you know, the, if the, the longest game ever, and the, I mean, if that's, that's a, it. Actually, yeah. the longest game ever is like the, pretty much the only story you ever hear from from the, that comes out of this story, or the fact that they won the cup at the end of the thing. But the drama from this entire season is completely forgotten. All the stars from the season are completely forgotten. Right. So that's not, what I'm trying to get at is is if somebody came in, or if you saw something, somebody with a, if they that had said, that "I've got this puck." Like if you were somebody that it's caught, gotta be, it's gotta be somewhere. If you caught that puck at that game. You would know what a major big deal was to own that puck, right? right? right. And so, to all of your descendants, when you pass, no. you would tell them, you would say, no matter what happens, this is the greatest puck of all time. You Do you see, see this watch? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, just like that. No, like this. But, and so, if somebody came forward. Matt somebody, loves the throwback. If somebody we came doing, forward, if somebody came forward and said, if somebody came forward, usually what would happen is you would like write the, you know, using a pen, you would write that out would hurt, what it was though. what. Where that yeah, puck, puck would hurt. Yeah, puck yeah, would. A puck would no, hurt. but Charles, no, but but uh, I defer. Your- I defer to the. I defer to the 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 uh, plaque, right? The the Champions Day plaque, and how that got, how that got just knocked out of um, existence, and right got sold in a garage sale for thirty bucks, right? Mm-hmm. So I could I could very well see like somebody had this puck and treasured it for a while, but then it just went away. Yeah, right. What I'm trying to say is, is that this is something that's such a specific moment in time. Right. Right. Why would you claim this puck from that game? Oh, I mean, if somebody came back that's what now, I'm trying to say. if somebody came back now and said, "I have this puck," well, if somebody came forward and said, "I have a puck 
that from the game 47 of 1935 that, I would, that my grandfather oh, yeah, called yeah, yeah, in the yeah, crowd yeah, yeah. is such a specific moment in time oh. that nobody really knows about or I would, would give a crap about now. I would believe that them. This, that's what I'm saying. I would believe them based on that specific. If they had some information to back it up. But here's what I'm saying. That their grandfather's from Detroit and he was alive in no, 35. No, no, no. But here's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying. I'm saying it could very well have, it could very well have disappeared too and just Absolutely. been, it and been thrown out in a box of, oh, sure. all this horse poop, you know. Sure. And just threw it out. Yes, exactly. I get it. No, there's every like, like the, like, just like anything could be thrown. He's going to speak by sure. you there for a second, sure. real quick. Sure, but anything I can, can be I can see, I can see that uh, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> we'll fix that. But uh, sorry, no, you're good, man. So, but it, the the plaque, you know, it was it got posted in a school. You're good, and then it got it got sold. Um, when the school was getting uh, destructed or um, demolitioned, uh, they took the plaque out of it, and then the plaque went to a family, and then from the family, it was sitting out in the open getting rained on in a garage sale. And then, you know, good God, you know. So it, to, to imagine that this puck is probably lost is actually pretty – it's just kind of a sad thing, you know. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, all right, so – where are we at? So where we're at is the uh, the, the uh, Red Wings win the game. And so All right. So, uh, yep. So. So, anyways, yeah. So the one more game of the season, game forty-eight. All right. Uh, Red Wings. Uh, Red Wings win the game seven-two. They go on to the playoffs. That's all I got for today. So the last game ended up seven two. Yep. Game forty eight, season over. Who were they? Who were they facing? Montreal Maroons. Did it? Did it? Was it? Did it matter? I mean, was it? Was it going to be a shift whether they won or lost? Um. No. They're at this point. They've basically locked up the, the American Division champion. So uh, they kind of had it locked on forty seven. Forty seven with was the win. Thing, yep. Forty seven was a thing, and then the uh, American Division finished with a three way tie behind them in second place with the. Uh, with the uh, Blackhawks, Bruins, and Americans all finishing uh, second place, tied for three, tied tied for the second place, and they all had to uh, play a play a basically a small tournament to decide who would go into the, the playoffs. Were the wings in, were, were, were the wings part of the playoff thing? Well, yeah, they won the American Division Championship. All right, and they they would face against the Montreal Maroons, who were the two of the best team in the uh, in the Canadian division. All right. So where's it? Where's this leave us? So that was game forty-eight. They played, and they won. So and they're so headed to the playoffs now. In the next, that's so what? So what's the what's the dynamic of? Yeah, just lay that down, Matt. That's it's not going to happen. Um, so what's what's the dynamic? I mean, because the playoffs now are like a, a four-month, forty-game. You know, tw- it's like if you don't make the playoffs, you're like how many teams don't make the playoffs today? Two, you know. It, it's it's uh, the playoffs today are are much different than the playoffs then. So what what were the dynamics of the playoffs back then? Um, well, we'll get more into it because there's a lot to sort of dive into with it. Um, we'll get we'll get into it for like the next week. All right, so we'll lay that up in in the the whole brackets, right? Of how it falls in. Yeah, we'll definitely get into the playoff thing. Yep. All right. So, um, so yeah, so that, I mean, it's enough to know that uh, you know they just had this you know the the game of their lives. Against Chicago, you know that they, they, they won the American Division Championship on the you know winning this incredibly important game. And Mud was um, the uh, kind of Mud started the scoring yeah. off, and then the first line had all you know they they had an incredible performance, and then um, yeah, and then it, you know the, this it and it really ended up being the season ended up becoming what they thought it might become if they didn't win, which was that the other three teams all tied for second place and had to play a, a big playoff, you know, sort of a. Initial playoff just to decide which of those three teams was there. Like, an, like was a there, one three six. But that's the thing, right? That's what I was curious about. Was there an infrastructure set up for? No, they had to make that up on the fly to yeah, decide that three team right? bracket. Yeah, it, it's so like I, I like the the oh, let's go to New York and find out what they. You know, it's like because like now it's like all oh, it's always these. Let's go to New York, right, and find out what's what, right? Yeah, because that's the final be all word today in in hockey is New York, right? I just, well, this is the era where they're kind of like making stuff up. You know, so as they all go. right, yeah. So as this game was being played, they're like, oh crap. 
if they don't do this, they don't do this. We got a three-way tie. What the hell do we do? And they yeah, were like, right. what the hell do we do? And there's like three guys with cigars and suits going, yeah. well, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah so, but, so, but they want it. Yeah, so the Red Wings didn't have to worry about those three teams, like they, the, you know. But the the, the 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 interesting thing that we'll like I say we'll talk about in the next one is the idea that um, the 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 one like sort of unique dynamic was that back then, um, that back then the uh, the Red Wings like the the winner of each division, the two top teams, the first place teams, they would play each other. No, normally in today's world. You it's, would play the weaker team, yeah, the number one seed against number eight. Exactly. Yeah. And this back in this era, you played the the two toughest teams would play each other first, <laughs> which which actually was a which it was a you know reason for controversy back in those days because yeah. because they they'd actually say like why should the top two teams beat each other to beat the crap out of each other and then it allows the second you know the, the next best teams to just slide in yeah, and play right. the best yeah, yeah, yeah. in the Stanley Cup. So that yeah. was <laughs> and after so these I, two guys murder each other exactly. and, and they've <laughs> injured the hell out of each other. And that's uh-huh. basically what's about to happen what we're going to get into these playoffs was that literally these two teams uh, the, the Montreal Maroons and I, I, I like you know Montreal Maroons disappeared in the uh like they were one of the two teams that did not become one of the original six because right. they, they felt they them and the and the New York Americans died during the um during World War II. But um, but the but the Montreal Maroons are like literally one of my favorite teams in the history of hockey. Like huh, they are, really? Like, yeah, they are one of. All I, right. They may be my second favorite team behind. Because right, you're the, behind the wing. You always you're always course, with the Detroit yeah, team. But, but yeah. the Montreal Maroons, um, they are just like the players that they had. Uh, like I, I almost wanted to do an episode just on the players they had, but we'll we'll factor them into it somehow because we'll like, do it. Yeah, we'll get because because the, the players, right, that Charles. They, this is you, the players. You, yeah, the players, you collected this information, yeah. right? This is because. No, Charles, nobody on the planet has knows this. Yeah. <laughs> you no, uh, in one place, right? No. I mean, people know this, people know that. There's Montreal Maroon fanatics. Yeah. There's you know Wings fanatics, but yeah. like across the whole city of champions, things there's nobody on the planet that knows what you know. Uh, well, the thing and, about the cool thing about the Maroons was that um, was that they. Uh, you know the cool thing about talking about like your team's opponents, yeah, is that it it it, it shows how good you were. It, you know, like the fact right, right. That, that when you understand how good the Montreal Maroons were, right? Um, like the, first of all, a lot of people don't even never even heard of the Montreal. In Maroons. order to beat them, exactly, what did we the have fact to that beat? they over they, the fact that they were able to overcome such an incredible like the Montreal Maroons. I mean, they were the previous year Stanley Cup champions. Is there they any, were, they were, is they there were, any they were relationship amazing. to the Ambassador Bridge? Um, no, not at all. Yeah, so, uh, so they, um, but yeah, but this, but yeah, so no, I'd love to. Yeah, I'd like to talk a little bit about them because that's um, they're like, like I say, they. Uh, is that something we wait? Because I mean, there's we so can I, talk about it next. We can talk about it next time. Because I, I mean, get, is that something to like? Yeah, because there's a, we got to go back to the Tigers. We got to go back to the Lions for individual players. Yeah, we could. Yeah, it's, is it's that something we come back to and talk about like an yeah. individual thing at some point? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to get to Joe Lewis here. Or I'm, I'm kind of itching to get to Joe Lewis, so maybe I can do a little quick little summary. Because actually, I think uh, Joe, I think his son Joe Lewis Barrow Jr. Yes, um, he opened up that restaurant we were telling you about, Charles. Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt and I were hanging out with him and Johnny and his like general manager. Yeah, um, so and the food uh, is so good. he's coming back. There's like in June. There's a June nineteenth is a, a, a celebration. Uh, people of color have a, a, a celebration mm-hmm. uh, around June 19th, and I, I'm 90% sure Joe's going to be back in town for that. Fantastic. Uh, something and doing stuff at his restaurant in, in the city. Um, so it would be cool if we were talking about his dad when he was in town, he could come hang out with us. That yeah. would actually be kind of fun. Yes, yeah. So, so, no, yeah, it's, um, but yeah, I, 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 I can talk a little bit about him before we really get into the. the but, the, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, if we want to do a, I, you know, yeah, that no, might be something we do, like yeah. opponent, like the opponents. Well, I, the way I wrote the screenplay, the, re- the way I wrote the screenplay itself was that the. Well, that's there could I be like a, like sidebars or. Well, the way, the way I wrote the screenplay, the, way, the reason I think the screenplay and the movie of City of Champions has so much potential. Yeah, is that you know the city of champions story serves as like season one, right? And so like once you introduce this, you know, like again, when you're when you're introducing the city of champions, as we've seen, there's been so many of these like le- like Bronco Nagurski from the Bears and like uh, Dizzy Dean from the Cardinals. We've introduced all their opponents, like yeah. in, in, at least in brief, so that like once you're done doing the city of champions story, like if you wanted to do uh, spinoff episodes. You could do an entire series on these different teams and different players from that era because you already have a, a root, you know, there's connecting points to that story. You know, what, I, I, what built him to bring him there? Yeah, so yeah. you right, could do right. season two, season, you know, like season two, like you could do something on the Green Bay Packers of the 1930s, or you could do like, you know, individual episodes about 
different players from that era or different components of these teams. I have uh, thoughts about that. I'll share them with you yeah. off mic, but yeah. I have thoughts. Right. I'm saying like because like some of the biggest sports movies that have ever been made, yeah. Are, I mean, almost, and I will say that like they're this. focused on one individual. On the pat, well, yeah, but they're all, but almost every great sports movie ever made has been focused on nostalgic Rudy, sports. Rudy, yeah, right. on nostalgic sports, but yeah. like on like you know like uh, you know you've got like Eight Men Out, you've got um, uh, you know like a League of Their Own that was in the forties. You yeah, you've got yeah, all, yeah, a lot yeah, of these yeah. different movies and these different you know they talk about people harkening back, harkening back to the past. And like think about it like this, like Sea Biscuit that was nineteen thirty six. That was focused on one on a horse, but yeah. in the middle of the Great Depression. That same thing on a Cinderella Man, Go you know, which happens in nineteen thirty five. Right, you've got these different. You know, a lot of these big sports movies were happening in this era, and the reason why there's so many compelling sports stories to come out of the nineteen thirties is because this is an era where everybody's backs were against the wall. They're, you know, these people were struggling through the most, you know, difficult economic hardship that the country has ever known. Ever. And out of this, yeah, and so this, and so out of this comes these stories of, of people with their backs against the wall and, you know, emerging victorious. That's why I mean, we love those kind of stories. And that, like, the City of Champions season is like that times a million. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen, I mean, it's, it's that, it's got everything, but there's other stories too, in it, like, like Cinderella Man and Seabiscuit and these yeah. kind of stories. Those are $100 million blockbuster films. Hell yeah. You could do entire spinoffs of just there's so many stories that are not just Nestle Detroit that you could do entire seasons for like a Netflix And how they, how they, it's like Black Mirror, right? And how things at the end like all tie in together. All these yeah. little, yeah. all these little threads intersect. But in this case, it's the beginning into because the city you're introducing of, these Into the, the, the city of champions. But all yeah, these little threads intersect back to. it starts off at the beginning to, like that because yeah. they start with the interconnecting because you're already being briefly introduced yeah. to all these characters. And then in season two, you have like, a, you know, like maybe you do like two or three episodes on the Bears of the 1930s, you know, or, uh, uh, you know, a, a half a season on the New York Yankees with Babe yeah. Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Right. Or you know, and maybe a season or an episode on, you know, Babe Ruth because Babe Ruth's last season in, in New York with the Yankees was 1934. Well, so you do an episode on Babe Ruth's last season. Yep, you know sure. what I mean? And you flash back to like what it, what led him up to that point. There's so many different spinoffs that you can do. Oh, hell but yeah. the, the story is so complex, and you have you have a screenplay around the complexity of that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it just, it's just take it's going to take a visionary plus yourself to put all these pieces together yeah. so, it's, it's, it's so just, individuals could enjoy the story and, and get excited about the story at the same time. Well, yeah. Stories are people, and there are they're great people. Well, yeah, and I've said There's this great before. I've said to you guys this, this off story. camera. I've said this to you guys off camera. Like, um, this this story doesn't belong to me. Like, just because I wrote about it, like, my goal was to, like, start, like, to light the, you know, to light the Totally fuse. fair. And I'm trying to get people, that's from this, anybody's listening to the show, I'm trying to get people interested in this, like the teams, the Tigers. So what the, you know, the Tigers, Lions, Red Wings. What do they got going on right now that they Not, couldn't be involved with something like a bigger project? How much fun would the fans have? Oh my god! If yeah. you imagine if you go to like a, a, a game and the fans like was like, hey, on this game, we need you as extras for this movie. Oh my god! I mean, how right. cool would that oh, be? And right. there's so many components like that. And here are in some Detroit, you'd fill the place. <laughs> there's like yeah. so well, many want to be actors. Imagine, if, imagine this there's story. So many want to I mean, be we actors have the Masonic here in the city. Ta- We have oh, there's many of the buildings that were that were yeah. that were used for this time. The backdrops that are still there and look the, the same. The backdrops are here. The Masonic. Yes, the, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah. So you've got like the you know Masonic and all. But that. you need to wear this hat. You have to put the, this hat I mean, on. Yeah, there, yeah, there's yeah, so yeah, many. Yeah. There's the a fisherman's war. There's hat. a ton yeah. of memorable yeah. mo- moments that take place at the Michigan Central Station oh. when these teams were leaving oh, for these God. big games yeah. and they were coming back. When the Red Wings came back as eventual Stanley Cup champions. Holy crap! Ford, Ford underwrites the whole thing. Yeah, they come back through the Michigan Central, and there's like Fingers this crossed. huge parade of people gathered out yeah. there for them. So, like, I mean, like, there's so many things you could do, like film on location. Then we and all how fascinated would the Sugar public House. be with updates from the media? Like, the, oh, even, the, yeah. even the reporters would be interested in this because they'd be able to. This would be like a, the biggest. Imagine this, you know, this epic sports film being filmed in Detroit over the course of like a year or so. This entire city would be fascinated by something yeah. like this being yeah. filmed. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, there's so many. There's what? So what's the negative? No, there's, what's n- there's the negative. Nothing. And movies nothing are made. For the city. They move. That's what this. And this is what gets me. They make movies every single day about every single thing, and they spend. They I mean how many? How many movies they spend like a hundred million dollars on that are complete flops? I don't need another. I don't trash. need another angsty. Yeah, like teenage movie with a girl playing a ukulele. Like, like this, like this thing has got so. I need. Much, I don't yeah. need one more so, girl okay. playing the ukulele okay. and wearing moon boots. Okay, Mi- Mila Jovovich is hot. Mila Vukovic is Vukovic. 
40. Well, no, okay. I, no, she, I, I definitely and she's put her still in She's great, yeah. Well, yeah, but, that, but that's going back to what you said. But oh. you have like guys like Tom Hanks yeah. and Steven Spielberg that yeah, did yeah. like Band of now Brothers. Now we're talking about old that people. Did these, well, <laughs> yeah, but they did these movies. They, they've done a ton of 1930s <laughs> and 40s movies. They love doing these sort of like period piece type movies, especially oh, yeah, yeah, with yeah, sports yeah. and war and stuff like this that oh. relate to the Great Depression, World War II. Oh, yeah. Like these are the type, like this. there would be no How? shortage of interest in all this stuff. Earth, seriously, Earth right t- now, right now, because the pandemic... And getting through the pandemic and then rebuilding. Listen. The country had to rebuild after right. the wars. And this is the perfect yes. it's a perfect timing for this, but this mode but, and mood but, but of, what, story, of what you have written. But the story, they they wrote the story. Tom it. Hanks had it's, the had uh, the yeah. vision the vision around Earth to the Moon. Yeah. It's the same concept. It's telling the stories about the individuals that got them from point A to point B. Well, one of the things that I found when I was kind of done with this whole thing is like you know, there was the. It's it's not necessarily just the players. You know what I mean? It's like the, it's almost like the city of Detroit itself is a character. Oh, the people of Detroit are the are a character. You know, and it's yeah. like I just think that something like this, a movie of, of that talks about this story, would just be the biggest thing. I mean, I just think that would be oh, yeah. big, one of the biggest things that you know, like it just the the imagine again. Imagine if the teams got together on this. You know the um you know the movie industry got you know, like they like a few years ago, a decade ago. They were talking about making Detroit, putting Detroit on the map as one of the great like film producing cities in the country. Yeah, it's called tax incentives. True, that's that's true. But at the same time, is that if you actually have a legit project here that that that, that spans the city and spans it's like an, uh, an epic sports. Film. Imagine and if not I, focus on automotive. So when I say epic, like think of a movie like your Ben Hur type movie. Like a like a band, like a movie is a movie, but there's a when you say epic, it means a lot of money gets spent, a lot of people are brought in, the biggest names are coming in, and imagine if all of that all that happened here in Detroit, it would be the biggest thing that happened to Detroit in a Listen, long time. I can imagine it, I can see it, I can I can envision it. All right, Charles, we're going to the playoffs next time. All right, we made it past game forty eight. They ended up in first, and we're hitting the playoffs. Exactly, and we're going to talk about the. I'm gonna we're going to open up talking about the Maroons because. Uh, we will do a full episode on them down the road, but um, you're right. Like All I say, right. let's because I, I do want to get to Joe Lewis here because I'm itching to talk yeah, about Joe. No, so, oh my god, yeah. So we're but so we will. So we, we gotta will, get our buddy. So next uh, episode we Tom will. Back in here yeah, so we will introduce the Maroons in the next episode and talk about this uh, Maroon series um, against you know for the first round of the playoffs we had. Fantastic. All right, hell yeah. All right, so uh, like, subscribe, follow, leave a comment uh, wherever. Fine podcasts are sold, as some people would say. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> thank you, Bob. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, thanks for hanging out. Uh, Detroit City of Champions, DetroitCityofChampions.com, and uh, Facebook and YouTube. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Charles, thank you. Matt, thanks for being here. I, I, I'm happy to provide commentary. Randy was here. Bob was here. And uh, <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Keep your stick on the ice. That's what I forgot. Keep your stick on the ice. No, you didn't forget it. <laughs>